Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Hey everybody and welcome to church, welcome to Thrive Online. It's so good that we can be together today. We're so grateful that you've joined us and we know and trust that God's got something special for each one of us today. Hey, quick question before we do anything else today. Quick question. I want to ask you, is your soul tired? Like, I mean, it's been a year, right? 2020 has been a year. We're getting to the end of it. And I know, we know people are tired, but not physically tired as much as they're tired in their soul. And I know that God's got something special for you today. If you're feeling tired in your soul, I believe he's going to give you a special rest and he's going to do something miraculous in your life today. Hey, but before we dive into the word today, quick shout out, quick thank you to our church for responding with such generosity. Uh, we've had just come through our vision offering services online, Boxburg and Edenville, and our church has, as usual, uh, Thrive. We've responded so well. You guys are incredible. If you missed the services, either physically or online, uh, we want to say, would you consider sowing, investing, and giving into Vision Offering 2020. We've got so much that we believe God wants to do in and through us. Our church has got so much ground still to take, you know, just the vision never stops and vision takes money. And so Vision Offering is a time when we come together as a church, be it virtually or physically. We come together because we're coming together in one heart, one mind. We come together and we give generously and sacrificially once a year over and above our normal tithes and offerings. And we, we give to see the kingdom advance through Thrive Church. And so if you're in the service today and you didn't catch vision offering uh, in the services physically, on your seat right in this moment you'll notice there's a vision offering 2020 response slip where you can give and pledge using that slip. If you're watching online today, all you need to do is head over to our website thrivechurch.co.za. The address is right below me where you can give and or pledge uh, safely, securely, and we're going to see God do amazing things through our church, you know, where there's vision, God always resources it and he uses you and he uses me to accomplish his purposes in this earth. So bless you as you give into Vision Offering 2020. Back to tired souls. You know, we're in a series called Rest Assured at the moment. Last week we spoke about how we can rest assured. We can rest, literally assured, because Jesus holds it all together. He holds our very lives together. This week, we can rest assured because it is possible for us to find rest for our tired souls. Quick story and context. Israel has just left Egypt thousands of years ago. They are now camped in the desert. They're on their way to the promised land. We pick up the story in Exodus 33 verses 7 to 14. It says, now Moses used to take a tent and he would pitch it outside the camp some distance away and calling it the tent of meeting. And anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose. They stood at the entrances to their tents. They watched Moses until he entered the tent. Now, as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and would stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Can you imagine that? Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp 
But his young assistant, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Can you imagine meeting God like that? Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name and you've found favor with me. And so if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Church, this is a story about three words. Friendship and presence and rest. It's about the relationship between those words, friendship, presence and rest. And it's about how one of those words leads to another of those words which leads to another of those words. It's about how friendship leads to presence, which leads to rest. Friendship leads to presence, leads to rest. Let's dive into them one at a time. The word friendship. Well, we see this in verse 11. It says that Moses would speak to God face to face as one would speak to a friend. Can you imagine speaking to God like you would speak to your friend? So, so to really understand this friendship, let's go way, way back. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden. Because you see, when God created Adam and Eve, he created them for friendship. God, straight after he created Adam and Eve, guess what he would do? He would walk with them in the Garden of Eden as their friend. And the only reason God came looking for Adam and Eve that fateful day when they'd tasted of the fruit was because he was looking for his friends. He had a date with his friends each and every day in the cool evening breezes. And so God created Adam and Eve like he created you. Not to rule over you, not to lord it over you, not to be a, a God in the sky with a big stick not to keep a record of what you've done and what you haven't done. God didn't create you for his convenience. He created you for his friendship. He created us for friendship. And there is a hole in every human heart that only an intimate divine friendship with God can solve. And I know, you, like, if you're like me, I try to fill it with other things. Friends, family, achievements, possessions, pleasure. You know the story. But there is a hole in my heart, in my soul, that only a divine friendship with God can fill. You know it. Your heart is the same as mine. And when I look at Moses' friendship with God, this face-to-face -face friendship, when I see how it's described in this passage, face-to-face, face-to-face, -face, friendship face-to-face -face with God. I think there's one word that describes it. I think it's a word that God would want each of our friendships with Him to be like. It's one word that would describe this friendship with God, and that word is intimacy. How do we describe the friendship that God wants with us? Well, we describe it as being intimate. Friendship, intimate. 
You know, church, there's one way to begin to develop that. There is a pathway into that intimacy. Did you know that? There is a pathway. There is a definite way, a definite road into a friendship with God like that. And that's through vulnerability, opening our emotions up to God. Rick Warren said vulnerability is the pathway to intimacy. Let me say that again. Vulnerability is the pathway. It's the road into intimacy. And so church, instead of coming to God, pretending we've got it all together, we come telling him what's actually in pieces in our lives, what's falling apart. Instead of telling him what we're thinking, we share with him what we're feeling. Big difference. Instead of telling him what we're thinking, we share with him what we're feeling. Instead of asking for what we want, we invite him to give us what we need. The first word today is friendship. How would we describe God's vision for that friendship, what he wants? Well, I would say intimacy. Intimacy. And how do we move towards that? How do we, how do we find the pathway into that? That kind of intimate friendship? Vulnerability. Remember, you and I, we are as close to God as we choose to be. The second word today is presence. And so Moses' intimate friendship leads to a promise from God, and it's a promise of his presence. Check out verse 14 with me. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you. I was reading about the Duke of Wellington. He once remarked about the great French general Napoleon. He used to say this, I used to say of him that his presence on the field made the difference of 40,000 men. The presence of a strong leader has a powerful effect. How much greater is the impact of the presence of God in our lives? What do we mean, therefore, by His presence? I mean, if His presence is so important, what do we mean by it? Let's, let's try and get a handle on that today. I think we could summarize God's presence as the sum total of His perfections. God's presence is simply the sum total of His perfections. So, take all of the perfect character of God, wrap it up in one package, and that is God's presence. So, track with me today. God's infinite. He's self-existing. He is without origin, right? No beginning, no end. He's infinite. God is immutable. That means He never changes. God is self-sufficient. That means He has no needs. God is omnipotent. That means God is all-powerful. God is also omniscient. means He's all-knowing. He knows everything. Not only that, God is omnipresent. He is always everywhere. Not only that, God is wise, and so He's full of perfect, unchanging wisdom. God is faithful. He's unchangingly true. God is also good, which means that He's completely kind and He's full of goodwill towards us. Not only all of that, but God is just, means that He's unquestionably right and He's perfect in all He does all the time. Not only that, God is merciful, means He's infinitely compassionate and kind to us. Not only all of that, but God is gracious, church, which means God is always inclined to spare the guilty, isn't He? Not only all of that, but God is loving, which means God loves us unconditionally. Not only all of that, but God is holy, which means He's unchangingly perfect. Not only all of that, but God is glorious. He is 
infinitely beautiful? Can you see the picture that we have of our loving God? All of that together, all of that stuff wrapped up together in one package is God's presence. I remember getting a shiny red bicycle for Christmas one year. Never forget it. It was under the Christmas tree. It had been covered and I uncovered it. And I was awestruck by the shiny, bright, never seen before bicycle. I'd never seen anything like it. Never seen a bicycle as cool and red as that. I couldn't get over how bright the color red was, how shiny its parts were, how beautiful it was. I couldn't wait to see what it could do. I couldn't wait to experience it, like to get on it and start riding it. I remember just staring at it for for ages, looking at the paintwork and the chrome parts, smelling the new red tires. You know, there's nothing like the smell of tires, hey, new rubber. But here's the thing, guys, you know, if I'd received that bicycle disassembled in parts, it would never have been half as amazing, half as impactful, half as memorable or beautiful to me. It was, it was the sight of this amazing, shiny, red, new bicycle ready to take me on adventures that captured my imagination. It captured my imagination as a young boy. And that my friends, is what God's presence is. It is the assembled parts of God's perfection, all wrapped up into one perfect, glorious whole. It is the sum total of his perfect character traits, assembled, ready to be experienced by you and I. And so, everybody, God's friendship, friendship, first word for today, it's designed and described face-to-face as intimate. God's presence to us and with us, presence, the second word, his presence to us and with us is described as personal. Verse 14, my presence will go with you. His presence is personal. So, infinite, unchanging, self-sufficient, right? All-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, all-present, wise, faithful, good, just, merciful, gracious, loving, holy, glorious, friendship-seeking God. All of His character wrapped up in this beautiful and mysterious thing that we call His presence. Most profoundly of all to us, it is personal, His presence. It is personal to us. Hope you're being helped today, church. The third word today for us is rest. So we've had friendship, presence, and now rest. Friendship is first, and it's intimate, that friendship. Then the promise of his presence, and his presence is personal, but then the incredible life-giving result of his personal presence arrives at us in the third word, being rest. Verse 14, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Friendship with God was designed to be intimate and the way we increase the intimacy of our friendship with God is by being vulnerable. I'm just building the case for us here. And that intimate friendship means that we get to enjoy his personal presence. But here's the thing, then his personal presence culminates. This is the climax of the whole point of this today. His personal presence brings us rest. 
what do we mean when we say his presence brings us rest? I mean, like, what type of rest? Is it physical rest? Is it chilling like in a December holiday? Well, not quite. For, for the rest for the nation of Israel, the rest that Moses would have understood here in the context of God speaking to him, was the promised land. It was them arriving in the land that God had promised to give them. This land was called Canaan. And so for them, it was a physical rest from trekking through the desert, from the war with the surrounding nations. Moses understood this as physical rest. However, here's what we must grab onto today. As followers of Jesus under the New Testament covenant, we have a more profound rest available to us than just a simple physical rest. You see, because Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary, those of you who are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and the burden I give you is light. So church, here's a question. What type of rest does Jesus offer? I think he offers rest for our souls. I think he, it's almost like he, would, he invites us to come and sit on his couch and say, come and rest a while with me. Let your soul rest at the end of 2020. You know what really saps our strength? You know what really, really saps our strength? It's not working hard. It's struggling hard. I mean, struggling in, internally in our souls. The inside struggles is what sap our souls. I think there are three big inside struggles in our day and age. Firstly, anxiety or, or worry. Anxiety about our families, our future, our country, the country, our business, the, our children, our finances, about our health, about the world, about climate change, global warming, anxiety. Secondly is anger, anger at crime, at racism, at poor service delivery, at corruption, at the poor state of leadership in the world, anger watching the Zondo Commission, anger watching the U.S. elections. Oh man, anger, <laughs> you know the story. But there's one other thing that saps our souls, something that you and I would never have thought would have done so, being preoccupied with ourselves being preoccupied with ourselves. By that, I mean self-centeredness and selfishness and self-reliance. Here's the thing. You see, nothing is more exhausting than keeping yourself happy. Nothing is more exhausting than keeping yourself happy because we weren't designed. This is the thing, church. We weren't designed to live that way. And so if you spend your life trying to make yourself happy, you are kicking against the natural order of things and the deep-seated design that God has placed within each of us to love and care for others. And so I think preoccupation with ourselves, I think that's the reason why some people can never tithe, never be generous, never give. They can never build Jesus' church or serve the poor or serve other people because as a culture, they've bought into the cultural narrative of being obsessed with ourselves. That's why we take endless photos of ourselves, isn't it? That's why we even designed a thing called a selfie. You know, the other day I was, went for a run. I was in down, down in KZN doing some work with the KZN region of our denomination. And I went for a run. And as I went for a run, man, it was about 6 o'clock in the morning. 
a woman had stopped. She was on her way to work. She had stopped and literally in the middle of the road, she, she had her camera up, she had her phone up, and she was taking a selfie of herself, like in the middle of just a random street somewhere in Hillcrest. Just a selfie of herself at six in the morning on her way to church. You know, I looked at that and I thought, isn't that indicative? Isn't that symbolic, really, of our culture? We live in a self-obsessed culture and a self-obsessed world where everybody is preoccupied with themselves and with keeping themselves happy. I've got bad news for you today. Keeping yourself happy will never work. Keeping yourself happy will never work. Pursuing your comfort, your security, and your convenience will leave you as it will leave me empty inside. We live in a self-obsessed culture, preoccupied with keeping ourselves happy and convenient. I know it because some people speak to us and they go, hey, I'm not coming to church this year. I'm just enjoying my PJs. So I'm going to hang online because I like watching church in my PJs. Well, guess what? They've got the wrong idea of church. They think church is something you go to. No, no. Church is not something you go to. Church is something you are. You are the church. I am the church. So we are the church, and as a church, we're called to live counterculturally. We're called to live differently. We're called to live not preoccupied with ourselves, but with others. Hey, everybody, how do we find rest for our tired souls? It's not in doing less. It's not in stopping working or anything like that. It's in three words. Number one, friendship, and that friendship is intimate. God invites us into that, an intimate friendship with Him. He always wanted that. And so simply share your life with them. That's how you start a friendship with them. And friendship leads to the second word, which is presence, an experience of his presence. And that presence is personal. And it's his presence then that leads to the third word for today, which is rest, rest for our souls. Church, here's the thing. Where do you go for your rest? Sometimes we can think to ourselves, the key to rest is to do less or to have a holiday. And certainly all of us, we're all looking forward to December and a change of rhythm and a change of scenery and a change of pace and all the things right. But that will not give you rest for your soul. There is only one thing that gives rest for the human soul. And that is the friendship that we were designed to have with Jesus. Which when we dive into that, like diving into a cold swimming pool on a hot summer's day, we experience around us His presence, which is so personal. And it is His presence, His presence, God's Word reminds us today, that gives us rest. Where do you find rest for your soul? In His presence. Today, as we've been speaking Really, we've centered and anchored all of what we've been speaking about today in the first word, which is a friendship with Jesus. I mentioned earlier that God, when he designed Adam and Eve, when, when he had created them, the first thing he did was he began to walk with them each and every day in the Garden of Eden. In the cool evening breezes, God would walk with his friends. You see, you and I, we were designed not for God's comfort or convenience. We were designed for God's presence and for his friendship. The reason why he made you, the reason why I am on this planet is for friendship with God. 
And today, maybe this is the first time that this truth has really sunk in for you, that God is not some distant, far-off cosmic God. He's not a record-keeping, score-keeping God. He's not a disciplinarian God. He's not a God who sits in heaven waiting to judge us. He is a God who created us, formed him, formed us with his very hands. And what he wants most in our lives is for us to be friends with him. And each one of us on planet Earth, we are always only one sincere, heartfelt, communicative prayer away from beginning that friendship with God. It would be my privilege and honor to pray with us today to invite him into our lives and to give our lives over to a friendship with him. So come, let's pray together today, shall we? Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. In this moment, we want to thank you so much for your goodness and your love and your grace. We want to thank you, Father, that you created us and designed us for friendship. Today, we want to take a step towards that. Some of us for the first time ever, others of us, we've We've gone our own way in life, but today we're coming back. And we want to say, Father, thank you for your offer of friendship. We accept that today. We open our lives, our hearts to you. We make a decision to follow you, Jesus, into the friendship that you designed for us. And we ask you to cleanse us and forgive us. Forgive us for where we've gone wrong, for where we've done things our own way. And we ask, would you begin to write a new story with our lives in Jesus' name? Amen. For those of you watching online today, it would be our privilege and honor to connect with you. If you made that decision for the first time, or as I said in my prayer, maybe life has been weird and wonderful to you and it's dealt you some strange blows and you've taken some strange paths, but today you came back to God. Whether it's for the first time or whether you came back, we'd love to connect with you and help you along on your faith journey. If you made that decision today, we'd love for you to let us know simply by clicking on the raise hand icon. If you're watching on our church online platform, just click it right in this time and in this moment. Or you could simply WhatsApp, follow Jesus to the number on the screen right now. That'll enable us simply to reply to you digitally, give you some next steps on your faith journey. Because today is a starting point, not an ending point. Today is the beginning of a friendship with God. You were, and I, we were created for the greatest privilege on planet Earth, and that is to begin a friendship with God. So let us know how we can help you. Send us a WhatsApp, click on the raise hand icon, and we'll be in touch with you. So as we wrap up today, church, thank you so much for joining us online. Such a pleasure and a privilege to have been together in these moments. And I want to pray God's grace and His peace over each one of you and your families. I want to tell you how much we love you. Can't wait to see you physically if you're able to. Get to the buildings as soon as you possibly can. Have the most amazing week. And it's almost December and God's got an amazing end of year in store for us. Grace and peace, everybody. See you next week. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.